Hey everyone, this is the Everyday Leader Podcast, where we hear from inspiring individuals building and leading teams across Africa. Today I speak with Chipo Piri from Lusaka, Zambia. Chipo is a people and strategic leader with over 10 years of experience leading talent functions, building high-performing teams, and scaling cultural performance and professional development strategies. She is currently the Director of Talent at the Up Energy Group. Prior to joining Up Energy, Chipo worked as a partner at Shortlist, a leading Pan-African executive search firm based in Nairobi, Kenya. Chipo also led HR at NG Energy Access in Zambia and remains a founder and advisor of Talent House Limited. Chipo describes herself as a gregarious, confident, and optimistic leader, passionate about identifying talent and providing opportunities for people to grow. Chipo and I spoke about screening your potential new employers for values fit, the importance of understanding the demographics of your team, and how leaders have been emboldened to become more creative during the transition to remote and hybrid work. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Chipo. Welcome to the Everyday Leader podcast. Really excited to have you uh, on this show and speak to you about your new role as Director of Talent and also unpacking some of the learnings that you've had in, in the various talent roles you've had in the past and how you're bringing them to Up Energy. So welcome. Thanks, Chris. Um, really excited to be here. And uh, just it's just reflect on what a wonderful 10 to 12 years I've had kind of like in the people talent space. So yeah, excited to be talking to you today. Amazing. So this is the Everyday Leader and we like to talk about leadership lessons and reflect on the challenges and opportunities that have come up in uh, all of our own leadership journeys. So I first want to take us back and, and maybe have you share an early leadership a story that you might have had that could have perhaps shaped uh, your leadership path. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget this. So the first time I managed the team was when I was managing my own business. Um, so you can imagine young, eager CEO, start my own business. And um, I, I was arrogant enough to think I knew a lot about leadership, mostly because uh, in informal in informal ways growing up, I had always assumed the leadership role, uh, be it figuring out what game we're playing when we're kids or getting to university and sort of being the lead on uh, group projects. So I kind of thought, you know, I got this. I'll, how hard can it be? And um, <laughs> I'll call it a baptism by fire because I think I, I hired very quickly. I had a team of about four or five. And I think to kind of condense my learnings, I discovered that leadership is a skill. You may have the natural abilities, you know, you have something to work with, but at the end of the day, it's a really intentional, action-oriented way of being every day in order to manage people and results effectively. I think those will be always be my biggest learnings. You know, you come from, you think, okay, you know, fine, we can manage for results, but then you learn that you're managing whole people, you're managing a person, you know, a person with hopes and dreams, um, a person that has a very personal reason for working with or for you, uh, that you may not know, might not be able to control. And um, yeah, I think it was just a set of dynamics I wasn't ready for, but definitely uh, set me on a path to be a more intentional and 
um, action-oriented leader and, you know, like a growth and have a growth mindset around leadership. I think that's, that's what I would say about my, um, about the first time I managed the team and how it shaped me. It's true that there's uh, no better way to learn than to kind of uh, go out on your own and, and uh, learn everything because you have to do everything yourself. I know that uh, I have definitely a newfound respect for mm-hmm. uh, business owners and managers, and I definitely don't approach working on teams in the same way now uh, because I you know, once you're a manager, once you're a business owner, um, you, yeah. you see what it's like and, and you uh, can view those maybe above you in, in particular situations in a different light and you can respect that. You know, the decisions they make, the way they communicate mm-hmm. is very nuanced and, and uh, you kind of, in some ways, need to hold them into account. In some ways, you need to give them some slack. Uh, I know that's how uh, I've taken my experience and uh, it, yeah, definitely a good way to learn. And the business that you did start uh, was, I believe, in the recruitment sector and you've found yourself working in, in recruitment and talent more broadly throughout your career so far, you mentioned you're now uh, 10 plus years into things. What attracted you to uh, the broader talent uh, type of role and and what is uh, kind of inspiring you to to continue on that journey? Um, I think I I got into this role, into the talent space kind of naturally. I think um, I always... I was always able to connect uh, people to opportunities and uh, introduce people, um, you know, give them a heads up as to where there might be something fun that they might do. And this is straight after high school before I even knew this was recruiting or headhunting. And I took a couple of detours, I think, because I was trying to figure out what I'll do. Um, I first went into the School of Natural Sciences at the University of Zambia without knowing really what I wanted to do there, but somehow um, I was always good in sciences, so that's what I'd figure it out. Um, that didn't work. I always say I went to Unza to make friends. Uh, some of my best friends I made during that year. And then later I tried to uh, do law and I did a foundational diploma course in law and I found I really enjoyed it. Uh, but there was something missing that I, I didn't know yet. So I got the opportunity then to um, get exposed to recruiting in a part-time in in, in, a, in a job where recruiting was like part-time work and i found i just like really enjoyed it and i was naturally good at it but i didn't think i could make a career out of it and i was just very good at hr like i just got it i just got what we were doing you know everything from strategy to like the operational side it just all made sense and i had i think i had some of the best grades of my life in all my hr courses and knew that when I left school, um, I would somehow work in the HR space. How recruitment happened, though, was um, because of a movie I had watched and um, someone in there was a recruiter. And I thought, this is, this is it. You know, in that moment, um, I was like, this is what I want to do. That looks fun. And started playing around with all sorts of ways I could do it. And finally landed at uh, being my own boss and starting a recruitment business. And yeah, I started to learn how to lead and how to actually grow the skill of recruitment on the job. And since then, um, I grew to become a talent manager, you know, a talent director, a partner in a search firm, and now uh, leading a talent function once again. So that's the longest, that's a long-winded story of how I found myself. Um, 
I just like to call it the people space, how I found myself in the people space. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's true that, you know, all, all of our careers are kind of windy and, and uh, circumstantial and, and a lot of things lead to uh, the other. And it's easy to look back and, and kind of put the, to, together the pieces. But, um, you know, we kind of make decisions every day and they add up. And it sounds like you you really uh, were attracted to the idea of putting people together and uh, you have made that into a career. You uh, built a business and now you find yourself uh, working at an exciting uh, company. And tell me a bit more about uh, what you're doing there. I know you're new uh, at Up Energy. Um, how are you uh, working on that team? What are the some What are some of the projects you have started to dig into? And what are the the learnings that you uh, drew upon from running your own uh, talent business and working at other companies that you hope to apply um, with Up Energy? Great question. Um, yeah, I've, I've been a couple of months, but I'm already having so much fun. I think um, my role at Up Energy combines some of the things that I really love doing, um, which are, of course, leading. Uh, I enjoy leading. It, it, it's 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 a it's a very fulfilling thing to do. Um, at the same time, building teams, uh, building teams, building the right teams, building the right teams with the right culture. Uh, I was the first hire in HR in the talent department. So really, my role is to create that to create to create the function. Um, currently, building a team that will work cross-functionally with our different um, department heads, our different country directors, um, to support them in scaling what I've already found to be a really positive, um, you know, high-performing, impactful culture. So putting together the building blocks and the systems and just like I talked, I talked earlier about being intentional, and the intentionality around how we support these different leaders to have um, the culture scaled down to all the teams. That's one. And then, of course, building the teams. You know, what are the processes? You know, what are the tools that we need to put together to um, support the different function heads and the different country directors um, to if have it great HR functional system, you know, that's compliant, that's efficient, um, I think is one of my priorities. Also just to ensure we have uh, an environment where people show up as a whole person, where they feel safe, where they're excited to work every day, where they can grow. Um, so it's a lot of things, but it's, it's, it's really a combination of the things that I love. And Another aspect I love about this role is um, we are, you know, quickly expanding into new markets. So each market, as much as you'd want to scale your culture, each market is nuanced, you know, it, each market has its um, unique aspects of how the people are, you know, and even some of the hard stuff like the labor laws and learning, um, how we are going to scale our culture, but then tailor suited to the new market is, is some of the stuff that like keeps me up at night, but is really fascinating. So I'm having a great time and um, hoping to create impactful work over the next couple of months and years. And I'm also excited to really grow with the company. 
it's always a great role that stretches you so that you're continually continually learning. Uh, I'm curious uh, with the the team members that you have now, and maybe the the leadership team that you work alongside. How do you make sure that uh, the talent team or the HR team kind of have a seat at the decision making table? I've worked at different companies where um, HR and and the people side of things don't necessarily um, or they're not necessarily included in the core decision making, uh, but uh, that may change across different companies, and, and it's really up to the leader on how they bring together you know top top um, leaders within the company to uh, make sure that business decisions reflect um, you know human capital as well. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, your experience with that in the past and how you have have seen it um, being played out within Up Energy? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, and it's something I think about often. So I, I honestly believe, and, and maybe because of my role, <laughs> but I honestly believe that the people in an organization are your most important asset. Um, you could have great systems going, you could have great processes, great software, you could even have the money uh, but the people that administer that money, the people that work those systems, the people that create or make uh, those processes efficient will always be human beings. So I think it's imperative that HR is um, a thought partner to the CEO and the rest of the leadership team. And this is because we are running a, an organization that has people. People are complex. People are whole human beings. People have aspirations, you know, people have highs and lows. Uh, and I think having talent or having how you manage people and having how you manage the aspect of people that is human and that is growth oriented, having that be part of your strategy is something that actually drives results. Because if you are people first, if you are always thinking about, you know, how can we make this environment better for the people that work for us? The people that work for you will think of the business um, with the same energy. I really think that that energy is reciprocated. They will think of it with the same energy. That day-to-day -day will also be, how can I make my role better? How can I make this business better? oh, I see my contributions and how they move this from point A to point B. And I was rewarded for it, you know, intrinsically or and extrinsically. So if I did this, if I continue doing this, this is how I make myself better. And this is how I make the business better. And it just becomes this cycle of um, great results from the people and even for the business. And, and also, you know, we spend, we spend so much time at work we spend more time at work with our loved ones and in some aspects even time away from our passions and i think leadership should honor that leadership should honor the fact that people bring themselves a big part of themselves to work and when you show that respect i also believe it shows up in the results um, yeah, I think that's that's my general philosophy around how I deal with it and how I see it. And lucky for me, I've, I'm able to communicate that 
um, I've found that I have always not only been interviewed, but also interviewed my CEOs or my leaders to see if that's something that they too value because it's a value of mine. And um, when I find, uh, when I'm looking for a role, when I've been up, approached for an opportunity, and I find that to be in sync, um, that's an opportunity I get excited about. So I haven't necessarily had to fight for HR to be seen in an organization because I have made it a point to work for organizations that value people and that value the HR function and make it a point to also have a very good relationship, um, one also based on trust and accountability with my leader. And I think it's, it's, it's made, I think I've left some positive impact in some of the places I've worked. And I hope um, it's something I can keep. It's, 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 a, it's a truth. I believe it's a truth. I can keep, you know, uh, spreading to people, preaching to people, and hopefully organizations that might not be people first start to see the value in um, putting people first. So yeah, that's, that's what I think about HR's place in an organization. It's so true that leaders, you know, um, they, they know that people matter. And like you said, you know, even if you have great software, even if you have uh, a great business model, you need people at all levels to be implementing and operating to, to really make the most of that and to succeed. So I think many leaders uh, understand that, but they sometimes uh, get, get confused or sometimes get distracted and they, they don't have their eye on the ball uh, or they're too focused on other elements and really lean on people like you to um, remind them and to influence their decisions. What are the common mistakes that CEOs or uh, other top leadership uh, tend to uh, not realize and where talent leaders really uh, kind of add the most value in terms of keeping them um, aware of their blind spots? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think at a very high level, I think it's, um, so for me, uh, it's paying attention to the nuances, right? Um, there is, there's exposure. I think what, what the talent function does, what the HR role does, it, it, is it gives you exposure to the organization that is uh, the softer side of the organization, you know, the people side of the organization. You learn a lot more than, you know, say um, another functional head around the, around what, around who you, who you work with, you know, and this is from everyone from an entry level to a senior level um, role. And what I mean when I say the nuances is I mean those things that get people going, that have them ticking every day, um, the things that they're going through in their personal lives, the things that uh, they aspire to, um, what they think about the organization, what they think about the leadership. Somehow you have access to all that information because there's a trust that comes with the HR function that people will share, will naturally share more with you. So when a big decision is being made, and this is a decision that could, you know, potentially affect uh, the team. And this could be maybe, let's say a very common one is scraping off a type of benefit um, for budget decisions, right? 
uh, and I'll give you an example of, say, uh, a school fee benefit or health insurance, um, something oriented to family. Uh, a lot of times you find uh, if, if, if a decision is just is being made maybe between a CEO and CFO, this is just an example, um, let's say let's, let's scrap off school fee benefit or let's scrap off this, this type of health insurance benefit and let's just offer basics. You might not be, you know, deep into the details or have the nuances of what type of team do you have. They won't think about, you know, demographics. Is our team mostly a young team? Is it full of, you know, young parents that have children who require health insurance, who require school fees, you know? And, and scrapping off, so imagine a decision like that being made. Let's scrap this off. And you see a huge you know, your turnover rises or you see like an exodus of people uh, leaving because at that point, what matters to them in their lives is that kind of security. And it's not that they don't like the organization they work for and they don't, don't trust their leaders or love their team or think the work they're doing is impactful. It's just that the needs that they have as, um, you know, as an age group or a demographic or you know a type of people, um, you know you're not providing for that need anymore, and therefore they will go to an organization. And I'm, like I said, I've seen this happen many times. They'll go to an organization that provides that need, and and for me that's um, that comes down to that becomes a poor retention strategy. That comes down to you making a mistake because you didn't pay attention to your team. And this is just one example. There's a lot of things, this is, there's a lot of decisions that get, when get made um, involving people or even just involving the company, you know, without the HR talent department that you see lots of these little things get overlooked. And before you know it, you end up losing great talent or you end up losing the morale of the team. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that, that's, that's, that's my answer to that, Chris. So we've talked a lot about your role influencing upwards um, leadership at various companies, but I imagine you have also directly supervised your own teams uh, over the years. And I'd love to hear more about uh, some reflections around your own leadership style that you realize that you're either good or, or bad at when it comes to managing your own uh, teams day to day. What superpowers have you developed and where do you still find yourself growing and learning? So superpowers, um, I alluded to this a little earlier. I think I have great ability to connect with people and to connect people. Um, I have found that now I've learned for sure that I have the capacity to connect with a lot of people at a personal level. And this is something that I used to think was a friendliness or an overly friendliness or just like um, my being an extrovert. But I've then realized that it's actually a superpower. I, I have somehow the capacity to see a lot of people, to hear a lot of people and to connect with a lot of people at a personal level. And um, this helps in my role, especially with managing big teams, you know, and like you said, managing downward um, because it, it, it ceases to be about my own nuclear HR team, and I'm able to expand into um, supporting 
not just other managers, but even their people, and somehow being able to manage and create those personal connections. Um, that that's the superpower I definitely know about. But you know, you can have more than one superpower, right? Uh, like Superman, or in this case, Superwoman. Um, my next superpower I'm still trying to figure out. I think it, in the same line, one of the things I've always been good at is spotting talent or just being really intuitive about a person and thinking, I think that's a rock star or I think that person is like, can be brilliant in this role or in this organization or can be a fit here. And um, even when, you know, you meet people and you just know for sure that we'll probably end up working together one day and a couple of years down the line or months, that happens. Now, this for me is something that I have not been able to like fully name or quantify. Um, I don't have real data supporting how to call this a skill. I'm still learning, but um, I sometimes call it talent whispering. So I, I think I'm a bit of a talent whisperer, but uh, we'll see. When, when, when there's a scientific name for it, which maybe you might know. Um, you I'll have a very you know. strong rock star radar, you could call it that. I have a, yeah, 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 R squared, strong rock star radar. I think I could call it that, let's call it that. Uh, I think that's my second superpower. Yeah. Amazing. And, and, and <laughs> what about things that you're still trying to to learn? Because no one's perfect. Yeah. No. And, uh, as much no. as you are looked to to kind of be a role model in your talent role, you probably also are, are continuing to learn as a manager. So tell us a little bit more about that. So I think for me, the, the, the biggest challenge I've had managing people, funny enough, is managing myself. Um, I've learned that when I'm not managing myself or looking after myself well, I struggle with even just the day-to-day. -day. Um, it can be the operational, it can be the strategic, or even just being present. So a big realization for me has been um, managing myself. And like I mentioned, being an extroverted extrovert, um, who is also quite you know, emotive and empathetic, um, it's been a real challenge learning how to draw boundaries uh, for myself. Where do I start? Where do I stop? Where does my talent function start and where does it end? When do I hand over to other types of professionals? When am I being a therapist when I'm not required to be a therapist? You know, um, when to step into being, you know, uh, friendly and warm and being a disciplinarian. So that kind of managing of self is something that I'm working on. I consciously work on every day is an area of improvement. Even just knowing when to rest and replenish, you know, being able to take care of myself physically uh, and learning to say I need help from my team and, you know, from my colleagues, from my boss. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest challenge I have, Chris, is just managing myself and drawing healthy boundaries. Yeah, that's a really good reflection. Uh, I, I can definitely relate to the one of the comments you made around, you know, being when you manage others, you definitely need to first be on top of it yourself. Uh, a lot of people who are not organized and they think that, oh, let me, I can just manage people and it'll, you know, I can mm -hmm. delegate and it'll be a lot easier. But uh, from my experience, whatever I've 
started to hire people for the first time and, and directly supervising them is actually more work. And if you're mm -hmm. not organized, uh, it can just get out of hand. And also yeah. around developing a set of, of principles for yourself to guide those day-to-day -day decisions. Because I know in HR, there's so many edge cases and um, unpredictable oh, yeah. items that come up in day-to-day. -day. So not having mm -hmm. a super um, sharp set of principles that can guide your day-to-day -day decision making and, and being able to kind of communicate that effectively to others as well. So they can also kind of uh, filter their own outreach to you uh, can definitely yeah. um, add, add a lot more work. But it, it sounds like you have started to develop that and um, are kind of uh, building that out, especially, you know, you need to kind of reset and refine those principles when you move into a new organization uh, as well, since some of the assumptions may have, have changed. That is so true. So, um, you know, we talked a lot about your own personal experience. Obviously, in the workplace and in HR, a lot of things have changed in the past few years. A lot of um, new trends around remote work, uh, mm -hmm. teams, uh, various types of benefits. What have you seen that uh, has kind of stuck out to you uh, when it comes to the future of work? What gets you most excited that you want to make sure you're helping implement at Up Energy? I think one of my biggest learnings was the fact that literally the world didn't stop. Like, let me, let me, let me not make that too broad. Let me narrow it down to um, my industry and the role that I was in at the time is it was such an unpredictable time. We, have, we had no idea where the future of work was going to go. Remote work, what does that even mean? Um, especially for a team like ours at the time that had a call center of um, almost 100 people. What we, we, we had not thought around what that could mean until we're confronted with having to figure out how to work remotely. Um, there were definitely challenges, but the fact that we kept going, I think for me has been the biggest um, learning, you know, that people are really adaptable. And it was crazy because people had to adapt to not just, you know, remote work, but also a new style of learning. You know, this, what we're doing right now has become so normal. Um, you, I, I just realized recently that when someone asks me to have a meeting, um, the thought process and how quickly we get to that decision is so much quicker and easier now that we uh, can do it online, even if they're just three, you know, three blocks down and it doesn't seem odd. So the fact that we were given this challenge and somehow we adapted, um, for me, will always be the biggest lesson. You know, people adapt, they adapt to new things easily and there's good things and sometimes challenging things that come out of that, but somehow we manage, right? And when it comes to um, the future of work is I think we, we got more like learning that we could adapt is, 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 is such a big learning for all of us that we know that we can think very creatively around how we run teams. Um, I've seen, I've been amazed to see how easily people 
who are, were from a very traditional eight to five background allow their teams to have allowed their teams to keep that flexibility between uh, coming into the office and having physical meetings when you, and as and when you need to and staying home. And another thing is even just the the reasons people give for why they can't come to work. I think we got a glimpse and exposed to people's real life at home. You know, there were so many videos being shared, videos going around of people with their kids, you know, kids walking into meetings, pets, uh, people multitasking. And the fact that, that that became real and people still showed up and somehow still achieved results, I found that a lot of people are a lot more, a lot of managers are a lot more open to even listening to why someone might not be able to do something or attend something. Listen, we know we can adapt. We know we can create new ways of working without it really affecting the bottom line. So yeah, it's pretty exciting, I think. And who knows what it's going to look like in another year. So yeah, I think that's my thoughts around the future of work. I think it's still shaping itself and it's still um, going to look a bit different as we go, but it's definitely showed us we're adaptable and that will lead to creativity. So I'm excited. That's that's such a great uh, perspective there. Thank you so much for openly reflecting today uh, with us and uh, sharing about your talent leadership journey. And uh, I'm wishing you the best of luck with Up Energy and your team there as you guys expand um, across the region. Lots of exciting work to be done there. Lots of influencing to make sure that the team is uh, well supported to to do the work that you are doing. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Chris. Um, this has been fun. It's been fun to reflect. It's also been fun to think about, you know, to, to brainstorm on the spot and think about what the future might look like as well and um, how the people space keeps um, expanding and also just becoming a lot more important to, you know, strategic leadership. So this has been a lot of fun for me and I hope we get to do it again sometime.